Hello and welcome to Dungeon Jedi Masters, a podcast discussing everything Star Wars 5e. My name is Todd, I've got Tegan here, and we're looking forward to jumping into hyperspace with you. Let's go! Hello, everyone, and welcome to Dungeon Jedi Masters Podcast, Season 5, Episode Number 2. Tegan, how are you doing today? Doing great. Surprised it's already February, but uh, it's a little bit sunny in Michigan, so I'll take it. Yes, there's some sun out. It's fantastic. Yeah, January felt like forever, and then, you know, February is giving us a whole extra day uh, just to, you know, continue that on. So, but hopefully it has mean that all of you out there have had extra time to play uh, you know, at your tables in Star Wars 5e or otherwise. So uh, we've got a topic today to talk about session one, uh, how to really just get the campaign going. Um, definitely piggyback off our conversation last month. Getting into the adventure, uh, you know, that stuff kind of more session zero stuff. So we'll talk about kicking things off today. So, uh, but first, of course, uh, make sure to check us out, DungeonJediMasters.com for access to all of our content, including this podcast, Twitter and Instagram for content updates, uh, YouTube for VODs of actual plays and some other content there. Uh, Tegan, you've got uh, Invasion episode of an Invasion tonight, I believe, with this episode. Definitely. Yeah, so uh, come by tonight, uh, Tegan J Gaming for session 13, I believe, of Occupation. So make sure you come through, uh, get to see how the crew, uh, we're actually going to meet a new uh, party member. We had a, a death in the squad. So uh, we're coming through with a new PC there. So we get to meet them. Uh, we're going to be doing one of our faction rounds too. So you're going to see kind of what's going on in the galaxy with the Yuzon Vong uh, invading and kind of get to see how the, the new party gels together. So yeah, make sure to come through and catch up on any of the episodes you haven't seen yet. Awesome. Yeah. And I will eventually get it. Uh, occupation right now, not invasion. Invasion was the previous campaign. So if you haven't seen that, you know, as a little precursor to this one that is up there as well. Uh, and then also uh, kind of the important parts of our content is Patreon. That uh, is what helps us produce this content. And we put together some stuff for all of you supporters out there. Uh, we have some new patrons uh, since the last time that we uh, did our podcast so shout out here to a few of those uh, tier one we have brian and ben uh tegan tell us our tier two new members big shout out to our tier two members uh, we've got aaron jake sam uh rogue firefly and allison major shout outs and uh definitely an adventure coming your way soon and then also a couple tier three members, Nathan and Casey. So thank you to all of you. And of course, our existing uh, members there. Appreciate that. Uh, I've been having some good conversations on the Discord about content types and, and just answering questions, learning about your campaigns. Always great to see that stuff. So uh, and speaking of that content, uh, last month we had our first uh, content pack release and uh, just some things to help you flesh out your campaign. And then this month, we're gonna alternate this year, and we're gonna have an adventure. Uh, Tegan, so tell us about that adventure you put together uh, coming out for tier two and tier three along with this episode. Definitely, so this is, uh, the adventure is called Gambler's Debt. Uh, so this will be a kind of a, a father that's gotten a little bit too far into debt with the huts on Narshada, uh, and then they've kidnapped his daughter and try to force her to sign away the family company. You're going to get a chance to see if you can rescue her. And she's being held in a casino with Anarshada. And one of the big pieces is trying to infiltrate that casino and blend in a bit. So there'll be a chance to 
play some of the games that were introduced uh, in last month's content pack, uh, as well as compete in the arena for uh, some a chance to kind of get that spotlight and get the access that you need to, uh, to find the girl and rescue her. So kind of a fun mix, and we did this one a little bit of a lower level than usual, so it's for level three PC, so it could be even a great way to kick off your first session for the campaign, too. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, it's nice to see, you know, a different level there. Uh, I, I I hope you out there in the community uh, let us know about that. Um, I think I think we put levels. We we've always talked about levels that people play at, and uh, you know, I think it is a you know all over the board. I think that goes well with today's episode, Tegan. Like you said, uh, talking about session one, so maybe this is a good place to start. So, yeah, check all that stuff out. Uh, I think with that though, we can dive into our main conversation here. So. Uh, session one, kind of our goals um, for session one, how we get the players introduced to the world, how we kind of set set the playing field for what the adventure is going to be and things like that. Tegan, what is your what is your initial approach for that? What's kind of the first thing you want to do uh, for that? Uh, I guess let's throw out a little bit of assumptions here that we've taken care of with session zero. Just as a recap, obviously, we know who the players are, the, the PCs are. We've established connections um, and, and probably have introduced them with some lore and some information of the world. But I think some of that still might come up in session one. Anything else there that you would think would you want to make sure you have done before you get to session one? So basically, from all the session zero stuff should be done, as you mentioned. Uh, you should know who your players are. You should know a good bit about your PCs. I think that's one of the big things you want to go into session one with, with their backstories, their histories, and kind of a little bit about them so you kind of know how to kind of pull them into the session one. Uh, and kind of just make sure those factors and like all the other like session zero and safety factors, all those are just uh, kind of out of the way so you can kind of hit session one running and really kind of make sure to start ramping up that excitement and kind of start bringing people into the world and the campaign. Yeah, absolutely. I think that's definitely the best way to approach that. Session one should be sit down on the table in character. Let's go. I think, you know, everyone's excited to do that anyway. So, so with that being said, then what does that look like? What is, what is your initial approach from the GM side? How does that look like to, to get things going? That's one of the big things, and I actually kind of just did like a session one the last few weeks, uh, so it's kind of fresh on my mind. Uh, it's just really kind of figuring out ways, like I, my three main goals for uh, any new session one is to really, the biggest one is kind of bring players into the world, like have their, have their PCs feel realized in the world so they can kind of see themselves within it and start interacting and start kind of interacting with the premise of the campaign. Uh, so really kind of getting them engaged uh, and kind of ready to jump in, uh, have some adventures on that side. So you really want to kind of put a lot of hooks into session one, uh, or at least a hook with a lot of draw into session one, uh, just to really kind of make sure that they get a chance to bring their PCs in, get a chance to shine, kind of see how the group dynamic is actually going to play out uh, versus kind of the theoretical from session zero. Is there any minimum uh, bits of information that you want to be able to, you as a GM, to present so that it helps with getting those PCs, you know, really immersed into the world. What what would be some minimum things that you would, uh, you know, make sure that you present? Definitely, a lot of the lore you'll probably go over in session zero. Uh, but for session one, I like to kind of like put the lore into action. So if like you're um, doing an imperial campaign, the imperials are kind of domineering, rogue one style. You want to really show. You want to show that. Uh, and kind of have the like, the Imperials just really kind of just pushing people around, really kind of showing how they're going to be interacting with that world. So the players kind of get a get a taste of what they can expect from the campaign to go and kind of know what the premise is, what that feel is going to be like. So they can kind of dive in and start buying in right away. Yeah, I think that's great. I, I think 
there's going to be a lot of factors here. I think this conversation, you know, it's, it's not the only way to do things. Obviously your campaign, your campaign style and, and all, there's a lot of factors that will make this vary uh, table to table, but for the most part, I, I think that's definitely makes sense. Speaking of like campaign types and, and whatnot, how much you, you mentioned, you know, throwing a lot of hooks out there to get things. And we talked last week about having kind of that overarching plot line or storyline, right. For, for your campaign, how much do you try to dive right into that in session one, or is that not that important for you? Um, do you want, do you want some of those initial hooks to at least tie in a little bit, or are you, are you good with just coming to that later on? It's more about getting the action going otherwise. So I usually like to tap and tie in a little bit, but for the first session or the first adventure, even I want that one to be kind of a more of a quick kind of um kind of wrapping up right from the go adventure. So I want it to like relate to the overarching theme, uh, but it doesn't have to be directly tied to it. But the biggest thing is I want it to be one to two sessions that really gets a chance for the players to kind of dive in and kind of get the, the tension wrapping up from the start so they can to see what's going on and then figure out how their PC fits into it. Awesome. Yeah. And I think kind of the player side of that is getting the players together with each other too. These might all be individuals that don't know each other at the table. Many of us probably have had the experience of seeing a table grow together. And sometimes you just have natural connections and sometimes it takes a few sessions for people to gel with each other. And I, I think that's another, you know, element of this conversation is that while one we're we're talking about the PC side, the in-game, the campaign side, there's also that above the table, uh, you know, the the players and GM and everyone, you know, getting in. So getting into these, you know, fast action, quick uh, mini plots, uh, whatever, what have you, I think is good for that as well. So just to really start things going, which is awesome. I think that's why it's kind of fun to do like the the quick or the high tension start because a lot of times we do this the the more like uh, kind of the, the cool meet in the cantina or meet at a tavern one where you're kind of a slow start. If you have a table that's known each other for a while with different campaigns and things like that, those can like be really good because you can kind of get moving there. But if it's a new table, people that are new to each other, those can, can be an awkward start. So you kind of throw them into the mix, kind of throw them into it where they have to start making decisions quickly. I found that it kind of gets them more engaged or at least uh, less awkward to start it off. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. Yeah. I think all that is good. We always say this, have these conversations with your table as well on kind of how you want that to go. Definitely. Uh, touching on some of these starts, uh, another point I wanted to mention here, because in, you know, depending on who your table is and who the players are, it, maybe if this is an existing group, you could handle this a little bit easier, but I think it could work regardless. But Tegan, thoughts on like a, starting as a divided party. Um, and what I mean by that is that let, let's, let's say you have four players and it's two and two, right? You have two players that know each other, two other players that know each other, and then they somehow come together um, in that session one. So obviously that's something you have to figure out how to, you know, there's a little, you know, say railroading for the sake of uh, a word there, because you have to bring these parties together. Um, have you ever done anything like that? How has it gone? What are your thoughts on doing that just for a different style and in, in how the party comes together? Uh, yeah, so definitely I did something similar with uh, Invasion. It wasn't like two and two, but uh, it was kind of all five of the PCs for that. Uh, we're coming from different factions and backgrounds. Uh, and that's one of my favorite starts. We did like a little bit of a, a flash or a flash kind of thing. Uh, so initially we kind of started the, uh, the, the session off with 
the PCs being um, like all kind of in like this underground Yuzon uh, Vong base uh, with kind of enemies approaching them. And then we have to kind of figure out how each of those PCs kind of wound up in that position. Uh, so definitely a little bit of rails there, but the first sessions are coming the most rails, but it was cool because you kind of get the, you kind of know where you're going to wind up and you get a chance to kind of flash back and kind of see something in the PC, kind of how they interact with their faction, some of their own history, and then kind of throw them into the mix and get, get to see that for every other one and then finally get to come together. So you had all your players, they were, they were all individual and it was all about coming together, right? You said none of them were together? Yeah, exactly. So on that side, they, uh, they had heard rumors of each other, but nobody knew or was kind of partnered up before okay. uh, they kind of got thrown into the mix. Yeah, yeah, I like that. I think that works. Uh, you know, that definitely works if they're all individual and comes together. I think uh, in in the Cold Opportunities play-by-post that I'm running right now, the original players, um, it was, I think, did we just have three players to start? I think it was just three to start, um, and it, it was two and one. So there was two together. And then they were meeting a third and it was, you know, we did a lot of the session zero of like, all right, what are these connections? And then session one, you know, session one, because of play by post, but, you know, start off where they, they met together in a cantina, but it was because there was, you know, the, the two were seeking out the other for uh, information on, um, you know, this piece of technology and, and then it went from there. So it could be as simple as that as just, you kind of come together in that regard. You know, I think it would also be fine to have, you know, not too long, but, uh, you know, dedicate part of this uh, sessions to each of these groups. So if you have like a sub party over here and they're doing something and then you bring them together um, and, and then what is that? What brings them together? And I think a lot of that, it's it's all about, you know, creating that bond within the party. And, um, you know, you know, I think that can be a really cool way to to kick things off as well. Yeah, definitely. I kind of give each of their chances, the different groups to kind of showcase who they are, what they're doing, and kind of then bring them all together and kind of see how they gel. And I think that also can create some cool dynamics down the road, because if you have these established relationships, and again, that's, you know, session zero stuff as well, but when it filters into the actual play right away, you know, that stuff's always interesting to see how it plays out down the road. Uh, you know, is there tighter allegiances between certain group members than others and, and whatnot? So, yeah. So, you know, things kicks off, kick off, hot start, or however you do that. Uh, Tegan, you said one to two sessions, you know, you like to go for this kind of first adventure. Um, what else might you do, focus on to, to make sure that, you know, things are getting off to this strong start that you're hoping for? One of the big things I like to do is kind of like let, uh, and this is why you should kind of review your character's player sheets and kind of like their concept. Uh, but ahead of session one, hopefully it was zero. Because uh, you want to kind of see what like they're they're building that character to be able to do, and for session one, like that first adventure, kind of let them shine a bit. Uh, like we can ramp up the difficulty as you go, but for that first adventure, I think it's good to kind of bring it to the world and give them some options to really um, kind of kind of exemplify what they're going for in the character. Uh, now you can't control the dice, but still kind of giving them those opportunities where they can kind of come out and shine and kind of get a little bit of that uh, first session excitement going, and hopefully to kind of last through the campaign. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. I a great time to do it um you know depending on your intent for the length of the campaign whether this is just going until you know you run out of gas or if you have a set you know we're going to run 12 sessions and then go you know we'll revisit uh, relook at things there maybe renew the season if you will yeah that first session or two i think is a great way to do that and get things going feel out let the players feel out their pcs 
feel out each other, uh, the GM, you know, as well. Uh, I, th- I think, as you said, Tegan, that's good for the GM to really see how and where these players want to go with their characters. And cause that could, you know, that could really for the GM, you know, maybe make some adjustments on the fly of, all right, you have some uh, ideas on where you want to take things, but you see right away that the party kind of has a different style that they're going to lean into. Yeah, definitely. It's kind of, it's good to kind of see how the group gels together because session zero, you get a good impression, but when you get to see people playing in character, kind of going through and kind of seeing how they respond to your hooks, uh, it definitely gives you kind of a clear idea how the party as the goal is going to operate. So always kind of fun with that with session one. It's always like a surprise, uh, no matter kind of how much like uh, kind of the character backstory, the things you read, it's always interesting to see how the party actually operates as one whole. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. Really fun. Oh, it, first adventure is always a good time. Uh, new characters and and uh, new story to tell, you know, really sets that tone and direction of of where things go. Yeah. Uh, what else might you? Any other considerations that you'd have, uh, you know, for GMs or players out there for this topic and how how they approach that session one to make sure that it it kicks off well. Definitely. Also, one of the big pieces is kind of just figuring out kind of how your party is connected. See if you wanted to do. Uh, kind of where they're already connected, if they know each other, and if they're not, kind of figure out how to bring them together. Uh, but I think the biggest thing for session ones and two and uh, is just to really keep everything moving as much as you can. Like you don't want it to kind of, especially for those first sections, can get awkward if it lags too much. So just kind of keep everything moving and kind of keep uh, kind of having things happen so the PCs can react and kind of start realizing who their PC is as they're going to play them. Uh, and then kind of just kind of gel together. I, th- I think the more that you keep it exciting and moving, uh, even if it doesn't have as much um, kind of the, the players driving initially, uh, but I think once you get them pushing through and kind of get them moving uh, and they have that momentum, it'll help it easier when they kind of start driving, kind of figure out where they want to go. Yeah, that I think that's perfect. I think, you know, have things, make sure they're moving, make sure they're going. And then after, if it's only one session or two, you know, then you can slow things down. Maybe they find base of operations and you're getting settled and go from there. And because um, I think once they have established, you know, play style, PC intentions and, and things like that, um, how, how as you say, you know, they gel together and how they work together. Then those other little things like, all right, let's do supply runs and, and other things. It just, I think it makes that stuff easier. You know, some people really enjoy that that side of it and that's fine but i think if you were to do that like session one you have players that might not know each other you have pcs that might not know each other and you know i think when you throw them into a situation like we're talking about where they have to you know you you kind of force them to work together you know all that awkwardness you know it hopefully has gone away and um, they realize they're a team at that by that point and so then those other things can be those decisions can be made as a group rather rather than as individuals. Hundred percent. I've seen kind of where like a lot of like first sessions have gone wrong, where like GMs will give like players a lot of choice for that first session, a lot of in character like choice for that. Where the awkward people, especially they don't know each other, kind of be willing to speak up, or some people may be speaking up too much because they don't know each other, uh, and it's just one of those things. Kind of like, limit the options they have for those first few sessions, so they can start gelling and can figure it out who is more likely to speak up, who is more likely to have to be kind of pushed to speak and all those things. And it just gives you more tools to be able to handle the session when you kind of get a, a chance to see everybody live in play with the group. Yeah, I love that. I love that point there of, you know, feeling that out, that aspect and uh, not letting the players do too much, you know, right away. Uh, 
uh, yeah, having a little putting putting some blinders on and, and whatnot, some restrictions, slight restrictions, just to help keep things on track. Uh, anything else that in your experience or that you've seen otherwise of you know session one gone wrong? What are what are the things would you want players or GMs to avoid? Uh, so I, that's one of the big ones. Uh, other things I think too. Uh, you can go like um, not giving the players like a chance to really introduce their PCs or obviously come sessions go wrong. Like give the players like a chance to kind of go not even just like describing what their PCs look like and all that, but give them a chance to kind of like go through and like have like an interaction or have like a, a flashback to their backstory just to really kind of flesh out who they actually are. And I think that really helps kind of like for the players too to kind of establish themselves and for the other players. Uh, to kind of see who people are and kind of what kind of makes them tick a little bit better. And then that way they can tailor their interactions to that. And that is something I've seen that I, players are going to do differently. Like kind of what we were just talking about, um, you know, speaking up or not, you know, some players just might not be, sh you know, might be shy or whatever when they start. And that might be a session zero thing as well as giving a little bit of maybe an example um, or if you know a player that you know is going to come out with a good, strong introduction, uh, you know, maybe make sure they kind of go first to set that example. Um, but of course, you know, if, if a player doesn't have a lot to say in that regard, that is fine as well. Um, but yeah, I think that's great to, to allow the players to, as you said, introduce themselves, introduce the characters. That's always fun. Always fun to see how they do that. I think a lot of times, you know, I think a lot of times in these games, you see players that create characters that have secrets and sometimes, you know, you know, those things obviously out of character and, and it's cool to see how that stuff is or isn't presented uh, when it comes time to the game time. Definitely. And don't be afraid to, especially if you've got like a mix of like quieter players and more like a outspoken character players, I should say, um, to give it, like, players a heads up of like, what you're going to ask them first session too, like. Uh, I, I've told players before, like, uh, just kind of come ready, like, be able to describe your character physically and, like, something unique about them. Uh, just so that they're not, like, some people, like, put on the spot, like, get nervous and, like, they'll be a little bit quieter. So if you give them a chance to, like, think about it and for some write it down or for some just to kind of have it in their head, I think it goes, like, so much smoother. Yeah, I love that. I, I think if it's a simple, you know, just hand out a simple Google document or something with a few prompts, you know, describe your character. This is what we're going to touch on kind of a thing. Um, prompts that are, I think we mentioned, I think I mentioned the last episode or we know we've talked about before, but like the campfire questions where basically, you know, you're asking each other questions about their character, you know, something like that. That's, you know, so yes, tell us what you look like, maybe you're where you're from kind of thing, but then give us a little, you know, one or two of these other questions, like what's your favorite season? What's your favorite food? Or, you know, something like that, just to try and, and pull it all out of some of those, you know, players that, just might not normally, you know, know how to really put that together um, from ex lack of experience or whatever, you know, it just helps them materialize that. And, and that just helps, you know, flesh these characters out. Definitely. One thing I'd add too with that, something I just tried it for my first time for my session last night, um, kind of like kick off the session too, kind of asking like where your characters, where their characters heads are at after the events of the session prior. I think it's kind of a good way to like get people in character. And it kind of seems like to really kind of start the session off well. I see a lot of times with like, the start of the session, even with a group that knows each other, to be like it's it takes a bit to ramp up. And I thought those are kind of I found that be at least the time I'd use it last time, a quick way to get that ramping going and get people kind of thinking as their character. Yeah, you you said where your character's head is at, right? Exactly. So yeah. kind of like after 
and what their characters thinking and feeling after uh, the events of last session. Yeah, I think I think that's a great almost regular check in. You know, I I uh, oh yeah, I've had a player. Uh, we've had him on before. Indiana Sloan um, has been on before, and uh, he's been in uh, some of the podcasts, uh, DJM radio stuff we've done. Uh, but he's always mentioned about doing a journal as his character, uh, which I love the idea. You know, is is whenever you want on your own kind of downtime. You know, it's not even something you'd have to share. But, you know, a journal in, you know, as your character and writing their thoughts and feelings and whatever, if you want to go to that length to kind of get into character, but it kind of, well, we're, this concept we're talking about of like, where your where is your character's head at? You know, that's another way that could potentially help facilitate that. Definitely. And it's kind of fun as a GM too, just to kind of get a read of what your characters are thinking and all that. Because a lot of times you're kind of guessing or trying to use context clues. So it's kind of fun to know exactly where they are. So you know what buttons to push, kind of what things to, to press and lean off of and just have some fun with it. Absolutely. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, all great stuff. Uh, wrapping up here on the conversation on the topic, Tegan, anything else that, you know, last bit you'd make sure for GMs or players as they go into session one to just make sure that things you know, get off to a good start. Definitely. As a GM, just make sure you have a plan on how you want uh, the players to be together. If they're already together, how you want them to get them in the exciting action. Uh, and then just in my advice, session one, keep it moving. You can bring the pace down afterwards. But for one, just want to keep it moving and keep it like high impact. Awesome. Yeah, I think that's perfect. Uh, on the player side, you know, a lot of the same, you know, come ready to play, come ready to be in character. Uh, ask questions and and uh, I think also point the spotlight to each other too. I think that's always a good one in general, any session, but especially in session one, point the spotlight to other people, throw people a line to for them to step in and, and then just kind of create that cohesion as a group right away to get things going as you dive into whatever adventure you get into. Yeah, definitely. Players, that's like the huge, best like advice ever. Just kind of throw the spotlight back and forth between you. The GM can do it too, but it's so much more organic when the players are able to kind of bounce that spotlight without having the GM kind of have to shift it. Absolutely. Yeah. Awesome. Well, yeah, good stuff there. I think a lot of good points. Uh, hopefully all you out there, you know, gain some value from that, those that are starting a new campaign. And, and these are things that, you know, even if you're in the middle of a campaign, you know, maybe you can find ways to still introduce this stuff if you feel like you need just to kind of kick things up a notch or something, uh, you know, all things that are, I think, valuable across the board. So let us know uh, if you do anything different for your session ones and uh, how you get those going. Uh, yeah, love to hear about that. Uh, looking ahead, uh, potentially next episode, in beginning of March, uh, we're going to look at clue hunting, basically investigations and touch on skill challenges, I think. Uh, so I've been doing a lot of that stuff and and I'll present how I do that, how I run clue hunting, and uh, see if that's something useful for all of you at your table there. So keep an ear out for that next time. Uh, to all of our patron members, Tier 2 and Tier 3, be sure to check out our new adventure uh, out with this episode, Gambler's Debt, that'll be on our Patreon. Uh, and everyone else that does support us in any way, we do appreciate it very much. Come to the Discord Hangouts and uh, let us know about your campaigns if you have any questions. But otherwise, uh, we'll see you on the next one. May the force be with you. May the force be with you.